Hey friends, welcome to episode number seven of Entrepreneurial Outlaws. As promised, today we have our very first outlaw guest and I am really excited for you to listen into our conversation, for you to meet Stacey Hobson and for you to hear her story and experiences She, as she puts it, is a plus-size girl turned certified personal trainer and nutrition coach ruffling feathers in the health and fitness world by creating plus-size workouts for bigger bodies and helping women see what strong and healthy looks like for their bodies. This conversation was so, so inspiring. She had so many insightful stories to tell about her own personal experience as a plus-size trainer in an industry that for the most part is dedicated and built upon us and in particular women taking up less space and being smaller. She talks about her experience in gyms with other clients, with straight-sized clients, with other coaches, and then also her experience in the online business space. It's a really, really great conversation, and I am so excited for you to meet Stacey and for you to listen into this conversation. You're listening to Entrepreneurial Outlaws, a podcast for creatives, introverts, empaths, and spiritual folks who want to grow a sustainable and impactful business on their own terms. Together, we are paving the way for a new normal in online marketing and business, one that allows you to lean into what makes you and your business unique. And I'm your host, Melanie Knights, storyteller, Pinterest strategist, visibility coach, and CEO of Content Alchemy Marketing, a non-traditional marketing agency for creative business owners who don't want to compromise their creative integrity to make money. Get ready because each week we're having the messy, honest, and transparent conversations about entrepreneurship, the kind that's missing from the highlight reels of our social media feeds. And you'll learn how to create intention and connection behind your content marketing so that you can sell without selling out. We're uncovering the real stories behind what it takes to run a sustainable online business, the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Ready to break the rules and become an entrepreneurial outlaw? Let's do this. Welcome to the show, Stacey. It's great to have you. I'm so excited for everybody to listen into one of our conversations, especially as we've been having these off of air and I've had to kind of, I was like, well, we have to save something for the podcast. (laughs) So can you start by just taking a moment and introducing yourself and letting everybody know what it is that you do and how it is that you help other people. Yes, of course. So thank you, Melanie, for having me on. Um, I am actually really excited to have this conversation with you today, um, especially because we've been having so many conversations about this lately outside of this episode. So um, my name is Stacey Hobson. I am the owner and founder of SLH Fitness. I am a plus size personal trainer. So I'm a certified personal trainer and a certified nutrition coach. And what I do is I do help women, specifically women and bigger bodies, learn how to actually eat to nourish their bodies and to get stronger in their actual body. So I help them see what healthy and strong actually looks like for their body and not necessarily trying to look like the women in the magazines or their best friend or whoever. Amazing. And I feel like that's, I feel like that's such a a rule breaking um, concept because you and I both know that so much of the health and fitness space is focused on being smaller, being tiny, taking up less space, losing weight. And um, you and I, we both connected a number of years ago through our own coaching businesses. And I think one of the reasons we connected was that we are 
and what well I was a plus size coach and you are a plus size coach and we both yeah. connected based on that and have been in touch ever since mm-hmm. and so I'm really curious to I, I really want to talk about your experience as a plus size coach in an industry that is so focused on us being smaller um, because I think what you're doing and the way you approach your work is not only size inclusive, but I feel like it's inclusive of all people. And I think that's so important because it's not just bigger bodies who feel uncomfortable in you know their fitness journey. Yeah. But I would love to know your experience. When you first started your business, were you starting your business as a plus size trainer? Was that your goal to use use plus size as kind of a marketing point? No, definitely. So it actually wasn't. When I started, I just wanted to be a part of the crew. Like I wanted to be um, the personal trainer that helps inspire others to live a healthy life, just like my personal trainer helped me to do. So I did not intend on being a plus size trainer. In my own mind, I felt like I was just one of the trainers. I didn't feel as though um, being in this industry, I guess I could say I was naive. I just thought that, you know, I'm just going to start this business. I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to be a trainer. I didn't actually label myself at all. Um, I definitely started out with just marketing as a personal trainer who is going to help with weight loss, fat loss, whatever their personal goals were. Um, But I learned real quick that if your body does not look a certain way, It's not going to be, it's just not an easy sell for lack of a better word. It's not just a matter of, you know, somebody comes to talk to you and you're having your consultation and you are, you know, explaining your services and everything, but you know, the person not when you're sitting across from that person while you're explaining yourself and everything you have to do you know that they're looking at you like it's just a feeling that you got. I knew that they were not looking at me as someone that could help them because I don't have the body type like a lot of personal trainers do. I'm not really lean. I don't do fitness competitions. Um, I just, my body type is just different from everyone else's. So that said, I, because I learned real quick, I found myself having to actually show proof of my services that I indeed knew what I was doing, knew how to get them their results. I had to start sharing examples of clients that I have, I was currently working with, that I had worked with. I had to demonstrate my certifications that I indeed had this knowledge to help them. So it wasn't as though someone just walked in to meet the trainer. Let's talk prices. I'm, I was spending a lot of time to sell myself more so my brain, if that makes sense. So it wasn't, I I feel like I had to put a case study together in order to present my services as being legitimate just because, um, I mean, I, I had people that would come and meet me and they wouldn't hire me because they saw the way that I looked and they decided I couldn't help them based on the way my, if I, if my body looked like this, then I clearly could not help them. So um, I actually got that a lot. So I personally feel like I had to work 10 times harder to get one client compared to the typical personal trainer who has the typical body 
you know, I, I would get one client to their five, for example, it's just kind of how it felt, how it was. Mm-hmm. So I feel, and then once I got into yeah. with the client, then it always felt like I had to constantly prove myself. I always had to explain my programming. If they weren't getting results, all of a sudden I was feeling a ton of pressure because I felt like I only had so much time to show them that I could help them. Um, because it's almost like I had to prove my worth as being able to do my job. That is so interesting. And I feel like I have tenfold of questions off the back of that. Okay. So first of all, my first question is like, did you, so you said that you, you felt like maybe you were naive going into the industry and then found yourself in this position where you had to prove yourself. So did you end up choosing to label yourself as a plus size coach or did somebody else label you that way? So honestly, um, let's see, I have, so I've been a trainer since 2016. Uh, this year, 2020 is the first time I actually put a label on it more so for my Mm -hmm. own comfort level, because I felt as though if I label myself as this is what I am, then there is no question about it for those that might, you know, do their research ahead of time before hiring me. Um, it, so that was actually more of my comfort level. I have in the past, this has been said, and this has been presented. Um, sometimes it would be said, isn't it great that there's a plus, there's a personal trainer that has a, a body type like that. So people are actually, um, when they mean the very best, like the, the best of intentions when they're saying this, you know, a lot of times they still, they don't want to say the word fat. They don't want to say plus size. They don't want to say bigger body because to be honest in our society, there's a lot of negative connotation that runs around those words when honestly, it's, they're just descriptive yeah. words. They're just adjectives. But we as human beings have put such moral value on to those words that if we say it and we're talking about someone, even though we're being descriptive, we automatically will feel like, oh, I'm going to hurt their feelings because they think I'm going to say something bad about their body because that's kind of how the words have been generated, right? So um, I, it, it has yeah. been said, but not 100% labeled. Um, it's just, you know, you, can, you know that this is how you are seen, but it's not like it's actually something that is physically said to you. It's almost like, you know, when there just becomes an understanding, like that's the plus size personal trainer or yeah. that's the bigger trainer or that's the fat trainer. Like however someone wanted to describe me because it's not just she's a personal trainer. There has to be more of a descriptive. I mean, there's not people that are saying that's a thin personal trainer because that's just an understood thing, right? That's what society mm. believes is a personal trainer is that they're thin yes. and they're straight sized. So whenever there yeah. is a trainer who does not have the ideal body type the society has placed on this type of career that um, all of a sudden you have to describe it. You have to put a label on it. So people fully understand, which seems, um, uh, it's, it's a very interesting thought and it's a very interesting thing to see happen and to be the person in that place. Um, I will not lie. It has been very uncomfortable and there's always been that struggle of me even feeling worthy enough to do this job. I truly can say there has been a handful of times I have almost quit because I felt like the pressure was just too much. It started to feel too much. I started to feel like 
Did I even make the right decision? Is this even right for me? And um, I would I would talk to my husband. I would tell him, I'm not sure I want to do this anymore. I don't know if this is even worth it. Like this is starting to be really hurtful on my heart when you are constantly trying to hustle for your worthiness is exactly what Brene Brown always says. And I really have felt like for the past four and a half years that that's exactly what I have had to do um, because clearly my career path did not go the way I had envisioned it to go, which I mean, that's kind of life in general. I don't, I've never actually had a discussion with other personal trainers as far as how their careers have gone, but that's just also because I don't know if I really want to have that conversation. It's kind of a scary one for me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, okay. I I do want to go back to something you said you were talking about, and then I I want to bring us forward to something else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I want to try and not forget to ask you. So you were mentioning about the fact that you felt like you had to prove your worthiness to be able to teach, like put a case study together and that you had clients or sorry, potential clients who almost wanted proof. I have a question and this might be a controversial question. I'm going to fucking ask it anyway. Sure. I want to know, were these straight sized people? Cause I feel like if somebody who looked like us came to us I feel like there's no doubt. I feel like, and this and this might be my own bias, but I feel like there would be a safety. There would be a feeling of safeness and a being seen and heard. And I'm so intrigued to know whether the bias is coming from people who are smaller, pe- straight-sized people. And I, I don't know. I'm just really curious about that because I feel as though in my experience, when I was in the health and fitness industry, a lot of people who very naturally navigated towards me were older, um, usually perimenopausal and kind of had bodies like mine or were bigger. Yes, that's exactly right. The clients that I got, um, they always had body types very similar to mine. I did have straight sized clientele, but it wasn't a ton. Um, I very much had older clients. Um, I I had a lot of older clients. Um, I also had clients who were either in menopause or were perimenopausal. Um, So the ones where I had, so those were the clients I truly did not have to work as, I don't want to say convince them, but it was just a very natural conversation. They, I could instantly tell they were Mm. comfortable around me. Um, it was straight sized clients that when I would meet them, it, a lot of them would end up you could just, you can feel it in the air. You can feel the energy. You can feel how nervous all of a sudden they feel. You can tell that you were not what they expected, anticipated. Um, because a lot of times, you know, they would talk to me over the phone or we would talk via text. So they didn't really see me and see who I was. So, um, you know, I would see it on their face as soon as I would meet them at the front. Um, at the time when I would meet them for their consultation, you could see it. Um, so a lot of times I knew going in, I had a 50, 50 shot. I was either going to convince them that regardless of how my body is looking, I really could help them with whatever they needed or that they were, they already made their mind up right now. And they're just going to go through the motions of this. So it was always like a 50, 50 shot at that point. So you are absolutely right that it really was. I, I got a lot of flack from straight sized people and they were the ones that, you know, said they couldn't take me seriously because of the way my body looked. Obviously the way my body looked was a pure oh. representation 
of my knowledge, my education, my skill set, because if I could not get my body to be a certain way, then I clearly could not have helped them with their goals. Like, obviously, that wasn't a thing I could do for them. So, um, and I mean, I ran into it all the time. I even taught a fitness class every time, um, and if, not every time, but sometimes a new person, when they would enter, um, I would see them look at me. Sometimes they would leave because um, I had people tell me, wow. they, um, yes, there were people that said, I cannot go take her fitness class because I can, I'm not, I have to be motivated by someone who is actually fit and she's not fit. So I have to go to someone else's class. Um, also, what's always interesting is that when your body type looks different, every time there would be, and if a new person would come in, they would always go to the thinnest person in the room. And they thought that person was the teacher for the class. Um, and every wow. time they would be like, no, I'm sorry. Stacy is the instructor of the class. And after like, of course, like it crushed me in the beginning, but then I got to the point mm. where I was like, you know what, when this class starts, I'm just going to prove it to you. I'm going to show it to you. If you stay yeah. and I mean, of clearly, you know, I'm not saying this out loud, but it just got to the point in my own head. I just started to giggle about it because I knew my athletic ability and of course, as you already know, when you are teaching a fitness class, um, I mean, when you're training someone, you are, you can still show some of your strength because you have to show them how to perform the exercises so they can see some of that. But then it's really when you're working out with them in the fitness class. So they get to see your full ability at that time. So it was, it always ended up being like a game almost like, well, here we go. I'm just going to show you, I'm, I'm going to show you what a bigger body can actually do in this fitness class. Um, I mean, people, it, it, it has been said there, people have said in the past, like I actually had someone ask me if another instructor's class was harder than mine because she is thinner and fitter than me. So they automatically presume that and when you teach body pump, body pump is the same. We all teach the same class. So regarding if how it feels hard or not, um, it's all based on your fitness level. It's also based on the weights that you are using in your class. And it's not based on your body type. It's just based on your fitness level. So um, I would get that question a lot. And... I would have to explain again, that's not how this class is taught. We all teach the same release. It's all the same stuff. Um, it's just a different time slot with a different instructor who happens to have a different body and a different personality. So you're going to get the difference in that aspect, but the workout itself is the same. <laughs> wow. I mean, so there's elements of that that I didn't know. There are parts of that story that I had not heard previously. I didn't know that people walked out and things like that and I think what well, I mean fuck them right but <laughs> like seriously yeah. I mean it's yes. it just stuns it yeah and it just stuns me the bias and it's it feels like to some extent it's not even unconscious like it is conscious bias towards bigger bodies and yeah I get there is a level of ignorance or a lack of just not knowing because, you know, the reality is thinness is normalized. It is popularized and it is normalized. Oh. And so therefore the concept of a bigger body in movement, the concept of a, big, a bigger body training or exercising, being healthy is just completely lost because of this popularization and normalization of what a bigger body means. And in so many ways, these people are losing out because, you know, I, I would say the same. I know that in when I worked in the gym, 
one of my classes where I was basically told when I first started, like, well, we don't really know what this is, so you can do what you want. And I was like, amazing. So I basically made it what I wanted. And it was the hardest class because everything else was formatted and there, I mean, there was rules, obviously. I didn't break, you know, rules around health and fitness, but it was, it was difficult. And so if people didn't come back, it was usually because it was too hard. It wasn't because of me. But the thing is, you know, I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm thinking to myself, did I actually experience this as well? Like, and I don't know that anybody ever walked in the room and went and asked somebody else, but I definitely think people would walk in the room and I would be standing at the front and be like saying hello. And there'd be this kind of pause Mm -hmm. and this confusion (laughs) on their face. Um, And then we'd get started and it would be like, you know, here we go. And I was saying to somebody, it may have even been you, but I was saying to somebody the (laughs) other day that, you know, being able to teach a spin class, spinning and remembering what the hell you're supposed to be doing at which song and also shouting at the class and, you know, above the music, like that requires a certain level of athletic ability. And again, like this idea that it can't be done by a bigger body is just not true. Right. And I'm so intrigued by these labels, you know, this idea of people labeling you, labeling us, labeling, and I mean us, not just you and I, but labeling. Yeah, of course. Because like, isn't that just where we're at in society? Like we can't just accept that someone is who they are. We have to label them. We have to label them as the plus size trainer. You know, we don't, as you said, we don't label somebody as there's the thin trainer, but we have to find a way of describing that person. It's almost like this need to connect, but we don't know how to do it or that, you know, people don't know how to do it. So they end up labeling us. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes that label is designed to make them feel more comfortable versus how we feel. Well, that's exactly right. And so, um, and that's the thing that, and, and I will say what I do want to say is that like, it, you know, anyone who would ever not hire a personal trainer because of the way their body looked, it always is a hundred percent the bias of that person. They have fat phobia. They, they, there's this fear within themselves. You know, there are people who are afraid of getting fat. Shit, I had that fear. And sometimes it still creeps up um, in regards to if there is some weight gain that I might notice or maybe clothes are not fitting properly in a season of my life because I have spent my entire life since I was 11 years old trying to be smaller because I have always lived in a bigger body, no matter what age I was, it, that's just always how it is. You know, I couldn't always like, you know, your girlfriend, you want to be able to swap your shirts. You want to wear their cute top. And there was a lot of times I couldn't or wear their pants because (laughs) we didn't wear the same size. I was typically a little bigger than my friends. Um, so I, there has always been like this own awareness and my own self. And then of course, as that's the part, like I was saying, when I was naive, when I first started as a trainer, because I thought I'm just going to walk in here and do my thing. You know, I had that fire in my stomach and my soul. Like I was, I was ready to do this. And contrary to popular belief, you know, when I did, I had already lost 80 pounds at that point. So this is the other scenario is that you look at someone and you don't, you don't even know. And while I do not coach weight loss anymore, I was on my own journey before I became a trainer. So I had, you know, for me, that that was an achievement, you know, in itself, I was wearing a certain size, you know, I had all of those thoughts of trying to fit into certain size clothes. I wanted my body to be a certain way. Um, and so here I am have, have looking so much different than I did. And I was still being called fat and I was, so 
it was one of those things that made me realize that whatever it is I try to do in regards to my body, it is just never going to be enough to be viewed as whatever is acceptable in society as a whole, the way that they are promoting body types. So that also was like a huge turning point when it's like, you know what, at some point I have to, I'm going to have to just work to heal myself and to let all of that go because it doesn't matter. Like I spent a good amount of time up until last year I got injured, but up until that point, I still like I was doing things to my body to still try to make myself small because I wanted to be taken seriously in this career that Mm -hmm. I chose to just change up. I mean, I changed our life as a family so that I could pursue this dream of mine to build a business and to do this. Um, If that makes sense, what I just it it was it it was a very huge awakening to know that no matter what you do this is always how you're going to be looked at you know some people are going to say that you're not going to be as yeah. successful as the thinner trainer because their body is representative of the career of being a trainer so that's just how this is and you're just going to have to accept it um that's also the biggest thing someone could not say to me is just to tell me to get over it and just accept it because that will put a fire under my ass Yeah, bigger than anything because I will yeah. prove to you that your ass is wrong and that your belief is not the true reality of the situation and my body will never dictate how good I am at my job because I don't go as a receptionist I mean, maybe someone could, but I mean, I had, was a receptionist prior to this and my boss did not treat me as though I couldn't answer the phone and do that work because I was a bigger body. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's so interesting that I I think the idea that it, it's almost like we won't be taken seriously because of the size of our body and there's always this need to prove ourselves it's so interesting because it's like there's an element of me that believes that this is partly because if someone is going to, and I'm generalizing here, but if someone is going to the gym with the goal of let's say weight loss and they're like you, you gave the example earlier of someone who needed to be motivated by that person's body. Like I call bullshit. Like I'm sorry but that motivation of looking at someone else is going to wear thin real quick because you are not going to achieve the results, whatever your results may, whatever your goal is, you're not going to achieve something by going to the gym and looking at someone else whilst they teach you how to exercise in a class a few times a week. Like they're not, that isn't going to rub off and suddenly help you control your eating habits or your sleep habits, your stress habits, the 21 hours a day that you're not at the gym or sorry, the, I don't know how many hours are in a week, but whatever, they're not going to help you the rest of the week. You know, that, that person or that image that we see is not going to help you do those other things. And so it's almost as if like, the empathy and humility as a person in a bigger body, the fact that there is this need to prove the worth of the skill and the worth of the job that you're doing, it almost like leads you to this place of, I'm going to say possibly getting people better results because there is this connection and you're building a relationship versus it being surface level and vanity of, Hey, this person looks thin, they can teach me something. It's very similar to, you know, I I just recorded an episode and said that likability is no longer a viable marketing tool in the online business space. Well, it's the same thing. Likeability is bullshit, but also looking at someone's 
body type and saying, oh, but because they don't have that particular body type, I cannot be taught by them is the same. It's not going to, it's not viable. Um, and it's not motiv- motivating. Oh, 100%. I, I, I wonder in relation to kind of now that you are, you're, you're kind of in this different place in your own career um, and you're not teaching you're not teaching weight loss as such. And you've recently opened up a program, which I am a part of, um, badasses and bigger bodies. And I, yes. And I am wondering like, what does that shift feel like for you professionally? Because I'm so, what I'm hearing is so much of this, this kind of journey of coming into this space with this fire and this passion to help people. And then somewhere along the way, it just kind of got pissed on basically. (laughs) And like, and and it was the same for both of us. I think it was just like, wow, okay, this isn't what I was expecting. And now having to kind of find your new and like evolved pathway. And I feel like you've really found that. I mean, I was saying this to you earlier and I feel like you've really, really found that. And I'm just so intrigued to know what that looks like for you personally and professionally as you kind of lean into this um, this conversation around bigger bodies. So there's a lot of different th- things that come to mind, but the thing that keeps coming to me the most is just feeling empowered. I know that this can be a word that is thrown around so much, but that is just how I feel. It almost, it, it, it honestly feels like I have shed my skin and I have emerged as an entirely brand new person. Um, I am, while it felt so hard and I almost, and it almost broke me. And, and in fact, I will admit even just when I took a break from in-person training back in October, I was broken at that point. I was broken. It broke me. Me pushing so hard in my business to try to prove myself to other people and me not take care of myself, my own opinion, what I wanted my business to be, it broke me. So now I just feel so empowered that I honestly feel like I have finally stepped into the place that I was supposed to be in. And so it feels like I was supposed to go through what I went through. I was exposed, I was supposed to experience it because there was something, there was something better that I was actually, there was a reason I felt this fire in the first place to be a personal trainer. And now I finally see it because I had so many opinions being thrown at me. Um, You know, I was, even when I hired a business coach, I was told specifically what I should be teaching because I couldn't really be teaching this kind of thing for reasons because of my bigger body. Um, so I was constantly being told who I shouldn't be in order to be successful in a business when all along I should have just been myself in the first place. I should have just shown up as who I was and done that. So that's it. So that said, I, it honestly just feels good. I, I have noticed, um, first of all, I love not being, not talking about weight loss and fat loss because healthy (laughs) doesn't have a size. You cannot tell anything based on this. Could we argue that people need to lose weight for their health? Of course, there are different instances and there are, but that is not that is not the general viewpoint of health itself. It's not looked at as an individual basis. It's looked at as though if you weigh a certain amount, if you fit into this graph chart of the BMI and you fit into those columns that we have decided all human beings need to fit into in order to be healthy, like this is, that's not individual health. That is just that's just like putting, it's just like covering it with something and saying, 
everyone needs to do this. Like everyone needs to love the color pink because we as a society have chosen the color pink as being our color. You see what I mean? So I, yeah. I definitely, um, even this last time when I uh, launched my program, it just felt effortless as an entrepreneur. It's the first time. Well, this is the second time because when I did Rebel Fitness program this summer, it still felt that way. Just to show up and just to be like, look, we're going to exercise. We're going to move our bodies. Our bodies are bigger, but we can still exercise regardless of what anyone else is saying. And we don't have to have the goal to lose weight. We can just move this body and feel good in it. Um, it is just a completely different switch. Um, gosh, I hope I answered your question. <laughs> I feel like I went in a big circle. You did. <laughs> Um, well, I like big circles. You know us. We like to make a short story oh, long. Yeah. We always say this. Um, yeah. This. So, here, so guys, this is the thing, right? So Stacey and I have known each other for a very long time. Her birthday is like, I don't know, maybe a week or so before mine, yes. I think, maybe. I don't know. It's like the middle of January. So she is technically, I say technically, <laughs> not the same star sign as me, but there's like this commonality that Aquarians are very thorough and it's a very Aquarian um, personality to basically have to make sure that you fully understand the answer. So I'm a friggin' nightmare because like, I can't make a short story short or a long story short. No, it's a short story long. So yes. Yeah, so I, I tell Stacey all the time that you're. You, I tell you all the time that you're te- you were born the, the wrong day. Like you're actually an Aquarius. Oh yes, uh, <laughs> which according to the change in the horoscope here recently, I am. Yes, yes. <laughs> See, well, there we go. There we go. So. <laughs> No, you did answer my question. You definitely answered the question and you gave even more value that I think is entirely relevant because, I mean, you you said like your most recent launch felt effortless. And I mean, isn't that how we all want our launches to feel? I mean, if you're listening to this and your launches don't feel effortless, like this is a huge thing, right? I've, yes. I've talked about this before already on the show and it is often an alignment issue. We don't need more stuff. We don't need more strategy or more fluff in our businesses. What we need is to get into alignment with ourselves because the rules, the, the noise, that is what is holding us back. And, um, and I think, and I, yeah. And I think it's a rite of passage though, right? I do, I do feel that I, I, I say all the time, people tend to come to me in my business when they're kind of, they've tried everything else and they're fed up. And I mean that in the nicest possible way, because it's what, it's the conversations I have. Like it's mm-hmm. because there is so much regurgitated noise out there. And so it kind of filters down. And then this is what happens. We end up in these businesses that we can't even recognize. And you know, this has been a conversation you and I've had for a while and it's been really great to see you these past few months, past year, I guess, really lean into that, that fire yeah. that you had when you first started. I think we all know what, we all remember that, you know, when everything feels shiny and exciting and there's no like self-doubt and yeah. then all of a sudden it changes and it's been really, it's been really great to see that happen in your business. And I'm so excited and I love being a part already. We only just started, but I love being a part of bad asses in bigger bodies. Oh, thanks. So before we, (laughs) before we wrap up today, um, I would love it if you could just share. So Stacey also has a membership called the freedom fitness membership. And I was wondering if you could share a little bit about what this membership is and what it looks like. Yeah. So so the Freedom Fitness membership, it is it is just a membership, um, a monthly membership where I offer a group. So there's a membership group for where I share, um, I call them teachable moments just because, I mean, every moment that you're reading something new in regards to information that you didn't have a belief on, that is a teachable moment because you are learning every time you've taken it in. Mm. So um, I share a couple times a week teachable moments. Uh, there are workouts. Uh, there's three workouts that I provide every single month. Um, 
the thing with Freedom Fitness, I called it that because you have the freedom to do whatever feels good for you. So for example, I usually schedule the workouts in the app just because in order for it to go live, I do have to schedule it in the calendar. I do it Monday, Mm -hmm. Wednesday, Friday, but you are, you are the one that is actually the expert of your life. I am not. So if you know that there's a better day and time for you to fit a workout in, then you have the freedom to do that. I am not the trainer that says just follow the program exactly as it's written because that's just not feasible for real everyday life. Shit happens, life comes up. So basically the membership is just giving someone workouts, providing the support and the guidance that they need, teaching them about it's okay for you to squat in a different way that feels good for you mobility wise and not how everyone says you are supposed to squat because we have to move our bodies in the way that they're meant to move and not how someone else's moves. So um, I definitely teach that and I teach how to eat to nourish your body, which is really just reminding you that it is important to eat your vegetables and your fruits and drink some water and things like that. But like, you're not going to get fat eating bananas and you're not going to get fat when you have Friday night pizza <laughs> nights with your fam. And it's just, it's just, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it except it just feels, I want it to feel effortless. I don't want eating healthy and workouts to feel hard, to feel like you have to change your life and flip it around so you can fit all this healthy stuff in. I think that your life should stay how it is and the eating healthy and working out should just be integrated in there. I don't think it should be the other way around. So anyway, that's just basically what the freedom fitness is. It's just the freedom to be yourself, to live your life, how you want to live it and just um, seeing what strong and healthy looks like for your body. Yeah, I love that. I, I the, You've said this word a couple of times, but effortless has come up both in relation to your business launches and also into like yes. food, fitness and food. And I think, I think that's so important, right? So much of life, not just this year, but so much of, you know, as entrepreneurs, so much of our lives does not feel effortless. There are, you know, things that just feel frustrating or out of our control. And it feels like we're in this constant cycle of trying to figure those things out that if we can allow things to feel effortless and if we can create, you know, a way of a pathway of it being effortless, that's so powerful for ourselves as business owners, as humans, as, as parents, as, as people, right. It's so important. Yeah. I have loved oh, having oh. you on the show. <laughs> Thank you. You know I've loved being on here, even though if I felt kind of nervous. There is no need to be nervous. Everybody's amazing. <laughs> right. So I do have one specific question um, <laughs> that I want to ask you before we wrap up. And that is, what does being an entrepreneurial outlaw look like in your business? What does it mean to you? Mm. To me, it means showing up 100% unapologetically in this bigger body, standing tall as a personal trainer, calling myself a plus-size personal trainer that is educated to talk about health and exercise and teaching women that there is a much better way to do these things. It is being a rebel in the health and fitness industry. Um, I definitely feel like a rebel. I feel like I am breaking all the rules. Um, And it feels damn good. I've always been an outsider in the first place. I've never followed the pack. So I'm very much showing up in my true, unapologetic, big-ass body that I actually am beginning to feel very proud of, to be honest. Yeah. 
that's so thank you that's that's just so powerful um on all levels right the unapologetic part is it you know I think we all need to be able to leverage that and feel that and harness that power because when we do that it feels so good so thank you so much for coming on for getting super vulnerable having these conversations (laughs) I know that everyone is gonna so appreciate hearing them you know um we've been talking about plus size bodies and entrepreneurship and this seems to be a big topic of conversation. So I know we're going to have you on again at some point to keep oh. diving into this. Okay. Okay. So before you disappear, I would love for you to just let everybody know where they can find you, how they can get more of you, all that good stuff. Yes, of course. So you can find me on Instagram at Mrs. Stacy Hobson. That is my pre third social platform. And then also you can find me on my website. It's uh, www.stacyhobson.com. Perfect. And we'll make sure everything that Stacy has linked to today is over in the show notes. So you'll be able to visit the Freedom Fitness membership page. Um, make sure you go follow her on Instagram. You'll be able to find her blog and find, just follow her and you know, just consume more of her content around fitness and bigger bodies and and just really embracing that. Thank you so much, Stacey. Uh, Thanks, lady. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Entrepreneurial Outlaws. If you see yourself as an entrepreneurial outlaw and enjoyed this episode, would you do me a small favor? It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take a moment to subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review. By leaving a review, you are helping me to grow our Outlaw community and together we can show other entrepreneurs that breaking the rules can actually be good for business. Don't forget, you can find the show notes for today's episode along with any of the links that I mentioned on my website at melanienights.com forward slash podcast. And if we're not already virtual besties, you can come and hang out with me on Instagram. I am the one with the country music playing, the lukewarm coffee in my hand, and I'm dishing the dough on how we can make entrepreneurship more inclusive and transparent. Plus, I'll probably send you some fun gifts. So until next time, outlaws. Outlaws.